Good to see you guys here. Thanks for that welcome. That hasn't happened before. Um, but yeah, so today will be the last time that I preach for Cornerstone. And so, uh, kind of sad for me. While I'm on staff, yeah, Pastor Wilson, maybe I'll come visit. Uh, that's possible. So, um, but good to see everybody here. Uh, it's a nice sunny day. So, um, it's kind of funny. Uh, I'll just, I was reflecting this past week. And I remember, this was back in Seattle, but the first time I ever preached in Seattle, it was on Luke 9. Um, and it's on the very passage that I'm ending on today, which is kind of ironic. But. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 9. And we are going to look at verse 23. 23 through 27, and we'll also look at verses 57 through 62. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Truly I tell you, though, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. In verse 57, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And Jesus said to another man, follow me. But this man replied, Lord, First, let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. And we simply ask that Jesus, Holy Spirit, God, you would fill this place. You would fill it with your truth. You would fill it with your conviction. Fill it with your presence and everything that comes in light of your presence. Speak to us now, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so um, we look at these verses, and it talks about taking up your cross daily. And uh, that's a little... It doesn't quite hit home like the way it used to because the cross today is kind of a, just a fashion statement. You don't need to be Christian to wear a cross around your neck. Um, uh, if the body of Jesus is on the cross, it's a little different. <laughs> it's a little more intense and a little more Christian there. But to wear a cross around your neck, anybody does that. And if, and if you're gangster, you wear a big cross, the big gold one and a big chain— But anybody does that, right? And you don't need to be a Christian to do that. And so when it says to carry your cross daily, it could be, oh, I carry my cross daily. Well, what is it saying here? If you think back what the cross was during the time, it was not a fashion statement. The cross was a tool of execution, right? It was a killing machine. And you put the worst of the worst on the cross and you killed them. 
And so essentially what we're seeing here is a call to live the life of sacrifice daily as a Christian, to live the life of sacrifice. And if we look at our lives, I would say that we're always trying to avoid the sacrifice, trying to give as little as we can, as easy as we can. And so that's why I want to look at verses, um, verses 57 and look at this and see what it has to say for us in terms of what it means to really sacrificially follow God. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I'll follow you. And Jesus said, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Now this is kind of weird. It's a weird response for someone to say to someone, I will follow you. And you can kind of imagine this guy who's very excited and say, I will follow you, Jesus. Foxes have holes. Birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Okay. <laughs> uh, let me rethink this. Right? And, and the thing about Jesus is that when, when he replies back to you, he responds to your question, he doesn't just reply to what you're saying, but he replies to your heart. And so for this man, the reason Jesus replies this way is because this man is, is so excited to say, I'll follow you, Jesus. But then he's asking him the question, do you recognize that following me, I don't have the comforts of home, oftentimes, most of the time. And in my life, this is not my home. I don't have a place to lay my head. Do you recognize that following me, you will have to forsake your comfort of home. Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head, and you want to follow me. The next person, Jesus says to him, follow me. And then he replies, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And again, this strange answer, let the dead bury their own dead. You go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for a service in the kingdom of God. We're going to look at that second one real quick first. But we don't farm a lot. And I, I don't know anybody who's from farming. But if you recognize farming, especially back in the day, when you plow, the, an ox carries your plow. And you cannot look away from your plow. For one, you have to go very straight to make a straight line so that you can plant your crops and, and do your thing there. But also, if there's a rock in the way, this is your tractor. It's a lot of money, a lot of investment, and you don't want it to break. If you hit that rock, it breaks. And so to be a good plow person, you fix your eyes straight ahead and you focus. Another aspect of following Christ, if we want to follow Christ you have to fix your eyes on him and be straight in the straight and narrow. And the second guy, he says, let the dead bury their own dead. And he's not saying, I expect the dead skeletons to come up and bury the other dead skeletons. What is he saying? Let the dead bury their own dead. As somebody who's spiritually in a dead place, if that's where you are, then go ahead. Not to say that burying your father is a bad thing, but here's the problem. 
for both of these people, their answer was, Christ, I will follow you, but first, I have something I need to do. Jesus, I will follow you, but first, I need to take care of a good thing, my family. But first, let me tell my family. But Jesus is saying, if you follow me, there is no other but first in your life. When I call you, you do not say, but first, I have to do this. When Jesus tells you to follow him, there is no, but first, let me have my weekend. When Jesus says follow him, there is no, but first, let me take care of my security in life. When Jesus says follow me, there is no, ah, but first, or, but I don't want to give this part of my life. When Jesus says, I want you to love people, you don't say, but I, not these people. God, I will love these people, but not these people. If you're a Christian, the thing is that your life is polarized. And there is no middle ground for a Christian. Last week, what we talked about, we looked at the passages right around this. We looked at the passage before, we looked at the passage after. The passage before this was Jesus asking the disciples, who do the people say that I am? And then he follows up with, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of God. And then he goes into this passage about carrying your cross daily. And then we go into the transfiguration, where Jesus reveals himself as a son of God. If you remember what we talked about last week, Jesus in that moment, he doesn't have the glory of God just come down. He doesn't merely reflect the glory of God, but he emanates from within him the glory of God, revealing himself to be God and the glory of God. And so right around this question of who am I and the revelation of who he is, is this imperative, carry your cross and follow me. Because if you understand, if you understand who Jesus is and what he's done, that he was God come in flesh and he died for you on the cross, taking care of every barrier that would keep us, that would be a problem from us coming to God, that he took care of all those things, there is no middle ground. Either Jesus was a crazy man or he was some kind of liar who lied about who he was. Some would like to say that he's a great teacher, but no great teacher would carry on the greatest lie of the world. And so either he is a great lunatic or a great liar, and you reject him entirely and shun his name. But if he is Christ, the only response is to fall down in worship and to surrender to his glory. There is no middle ground. How do you have a middle ground with Jesus? You reject him. Or you surrender to him. But we like to live in this middle ground. And Jesus says, if you are my people, then you will not have other but first. And if you have a but first, then I don't know if you're my people. Because to understand Jesus, it will polarize your life. And so right here, I need to take a moment to just kind of pause and ask for forgiveness. Because 
too many of us have not lived a life that reflects Christ. Let's talk about a parenting example. A good, loving parent has a child and, and some, lots of new babies popping up around Cornerstone. But a good, loving parent. Let's say these good, loving parents are, have potty mouths. Okay? And they, they very comfortably use swear words. And they're comfortable with that. They think it's okay. And they feel like, oh, this is my expression of myself. Like, it's okay. But around the child, they don't do that. Right? Around the child, it's like, oh, no, you can't hear this. And if somebody's saying, please, my child is here. Let's not use that language. Right? That's, that's good, responsible, loving parenting. Because a child doesn't quite understand yet. Okay? Let's think about another example. Sex. Praise the Lord for sex. It is a great, 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 great gift from God for the confines of marriage between a man and a woman. Amazing gift. But you don't do that in front of the kids. Right? That's weird. And they don't understand it yet. It'd be traumatizing and scary and confusing. (laughs) You just don't do that. Right? That's good, loving parenting. Now, it's not that it's, 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 it's that they don't understand. Nor do you know, take pictures of it and put it around the house for your kids to see these beautiful things. Okay. Now, I ask for forgiveness because some of us are doing that. And we are confusing the heck out of some of our younger brothers and sisters who are trying to follow Jesus. We post our things that we're comfortable with. And sometimes in front of people we're doing these things. And sometimes we just publicize it. And I don't have one or two people in mind. I'll tell you this. At staff meeting we have conversations and it came up one time that Pastor Bill had a conversation with somebody who just said, young in their faith, and I don't even know who it is. I don't even know who they were talking about, what they saw, but young in their faith. They saw some pictures, and they're like, I'm confused. And I need to ask for forgiveness on behalf of this church for confusing you in that way. And some of us right now are Feeling a little defensive. I don't even know who you are. But if you're feeling defensive, you need to repent. Because you'd rather defend your liberty than love your family. Now I'll speak for myself too. If I've ever confused anybody in anything, I am sorry. But we need to love our brothers and sisters. We need to pursue God, even sacrifice the things that we want to be so comfortable with in order to love the right way. We'll move into verse 25. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world 
and yet lose or forfeit their very self. We, God is calling us to take up our cross daily and live in a life of sacrifice. And yet we fight so hard to not sacrifice for the things of God. And I'll share this illustration. I'll talk about this past week. We had a junior retreat, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Had a great time. Um, but I'll tell you about the house that we went to. Uh, it, 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 was, it wasn't so bad. It wasn't like there was rats running around and anything like that. There was some ants. But it wasn't so bad. Like, we, we managed, and we had a good time, and we had a lot of fun, and we cooked food, and it was good. But when you stepped in, it was heavily had a... Um, People were smoking there. You could smell it. It was really, it had that smoke smell. It was really strong. And so you get in, it's kind of like, oh, this doesn't smell good. And, and then we tried to vacuum something, and then it smelled worse. And I was like, what is that? And, and Chris later on, well, maybe something died in it. How did something die in a vacuum? It crawled into it for food, and maybe it just died in it. And I was like, it does smell like something died in it. It literally smells like something died in it. And then, and then we were kind of, we put out the futon, and we, and the middle had some, like, dirtiness, and we look, oh, this, all this dog fur here. What is this? What is going on? All right, so the house kind of, it wasn't very clean. Didn't smell very clean. Wasn't, wasn't very clean. And then Lois came up to me, and she was like, do you have any allergy medicine? <laughs> and I was like, good luck. Let's go to CVS right now. And so we went out to CVS, and we got some allergy medicine for people. I picked up a thing of Febreze, and the floor was all wet at night because I just Febreze everything. Um, we literally picked up four air fresheners and put them around the house. We didn't even have a budget for it, and Anna was like, it's on me, right? And so we just got those four air fresheners, and, and we tried to spruce it up a little bit and make it a little better, more comfortable for us while we stayed there. And then the next morning, I was like, you know what? This is ridiculous. Let's really make it. I want to be in a comfortable place. So we went out, and we got a couch for the house. Went out and bought a couch for the house. And then we went out and said, you know what? Let's sleep comfortably. We went out and got a bed and a mattress for the house, a brand-new vacuum, cleaned it all up. And I was like, you know what? This section needs a new carpet. So I got a new carpet for the ground. Laid all th- I was like, you know, I, I have some money in my savings, and I'm just going to put it all into the house because this is ridiculous, and I want to sleep comfortable tonight. Some of you are looking at me like I'm crazy, like I'm stupid. And um, if I had did that, it, we would be stupid. Because that second part's not true. Second part's not true. Everything up to the CBS is true. <laughs> All the juniors are like, that was a new bed? <laughs> right? Right? Um, so that second part's not true. But you, you look at me like I'm crazy, right? And, and, and why would that be crazy? Because it's like, why would you spend all that time and money into that weekend? You have one night there, and then you're going to come home. If you're going to do something, why not come home and, and invest into your house and get a nicer bed there and a nicer couch there? Why would you do that? At a, it's a weekend getaway. That's a really foolish way to spend your money and your time. and Just so you can sleep one night comfortably? But you look at life. And you look at eternity and the, the whole range of it. What is this life but a weekend getaway? It's gone. It's short. It flies by. And then, after a few years of this life, you live in eternity. 
this life is not, it's, it's a momentary lapse. And we want to put our time and our money into this life. Being comfortable in this life. Drive something nicer. Live in a nicer home. Have a nicer bed. Spend my time on vacation. We want to spend all that into this life. And you miss the opportunity to invest into eternity because you want to be comfortable today. And this life is nothing but a weekend getaway. It was Jim Elliott that said, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And I will say, I'll reverse that around. We are extremely foolish when we gain something that's momentary and give up things that are eternal. Um, we get one shot at this life, guys. Just one shot. And yesterday, I don't know what you did yesterday. I don't know what you did last night. I don't know what you did this weekend. That opportunity to do something that's eternal with this past weekend is gone. Either you used it for it or you didn't. This week, in seven days, it'll be gone. And you'll live it to be comfortable or you'll have in mind things that are eternal. And just like that, your whole life will be gone. And you look back and think, oh, I have a nice couch for my weekend getaway. But I did not invest into eternity. Well, we'll step into eternity. And God will say, well done. And we will live in everything. All the riches of storing into eternity and the greatest riches being the people of God. I pray that we are so into loving people, loving the brothers and sisters around us and loving other people who do not know Jesus to say, I want to see you at the gates of heaven. And that's the greatest way to invest into eternity, to bring someone along and say, come with me. To know Jesus today and forevermore. To just give a uh, just a honest, real life example of what I'm going through right now, what I'm thinking about. Um, so I've had my car for about nine, eight, nine years now, and I'm thinking, oh, you know, like how do these times to like get rid of the old car, get into a new car, and you know, my mind goes into a lot of places. I like nice cars. I like nice cars. I would love to drive something that is fast and is very sexy. I love nice cars. I do. And so I'm thinking, you know, like, should I spend a little bit more and get the nice car? I'm not in a hurry, so I'm taking my time with them. I'm trying to, like, email people and bargain with them because I I bargain a lot, too. Um, But should I spend a little bit more and get into that nicer thing? And And then I struggle. Like, I don't actually need it, but it's so sexy of a car. Right? Um, and I struggle with this because I want it. And then in my struggle, some of the things that I've come up and that I've thought of is like, what if I get into something less 
And if I can afford a nicer car, I can afford to give that as well. And if I can afford a nicer car, why don't, there's so much that I could do with that, with that money. And, I, and this isn't just to call out people with nice cars. You know, in every situation, you might have a different situation. Like, if you're a billionaire and you drive a nicer car than me, I'm not surprised. Right? Or someone gifted you with a nice car, that happens too. So I, don't, I don't know what you drive, but this is my thing. And, and, and what I want to ask is, like, do we, do we struggle with that? Or is it just get my nice things and be comfortable? And I hope we struggle with it. And I hope we actually make some actions based on that. And I hope that when Jesus says, carry my cross daily, that if we look at our lives, we can see the sacrifices we've made. And so, I'm going to wrap this up, bring this to a close. I have just one more thing I want to show. But um, it's not just about sacrifice. We've got to bring last week and this week together. If you understand that God is real and who Jesus is and what he's done for you, that we come to church every Sunday to celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ because that is what has bridged the way for us because of what he's done on the cross, that we can know God and know the promises of God. If you understand that, then your life will be polarized. I, I don't often get emotional, um, and I don't really cry, but uh, I'm from Seattle, and this one moment, um, this, <laughs> it was tough, because of them and of those people, it was tough. It was tough because of, because of people like, can you play this? Sound? No. <laughs> I need that audio. I was trying to score the victory, but... Oh! It was a victorious moment for some, and for me, it was just, you know. So, um, now, now the thing is, that, it was a lot of fun, and it was just a high-energy moment, right? <laughs> just John Chan, very proud of his moment, and uh, his celebration there, just, I must make noise and release my excitement, right? So, um, but let's think about this. This was a football game, and I had a lot of fun watching it, too. Or at least until the end. Um, and a guy with the last name Butler, he caught a ball, okay? And he catches this ball, and this ball, because he caught the ball, the other guy couldn't catch the ball. And that's basically what happened at the end. And then, ah, ah, right? Over a ball. Over a deflated ball, as Pastor Bill says. <laughs> but guys, that, that's, and that's fine. Like, I, I, hope you, I hope you revel in your glory of winning that game. But it's a ball. I hope, and, and like this ball, 
it's not like John got anything from it. He didn't get a t-shirt or a bottle of water or anything. But I pray, my prayer is that when we think about Jesus and that victory, that that is our celebration. Like, that we would celebrate so much harder because of what Christ has done, more than what some guy named Butler has done. That we would love Jesus so much. And, and this is not something that's, that's worthless for us. It's not that we don't, we, we actually get something out of this and we get eternity with God because of this horrible death and amazing resurrection, this victory. And if you understand this, if you get it, if you get what Christ has done in your life, there is no middle ground, there is no but first, there is only the polarization of full surrender, carrying our cross daily, and living for the things of God. And that's my prayer for Cornerstone. That we're not just fighting to live in the middle and be comfortable and do the things that are fun and things that we want to, and causing people to stumble along the way sometimes. But we are fully committed to carrying our cross daily. Just like Christ did, as he carried his cross, we will follow our leader, carry our cross daily. And, you know, as uh, last time preaching here, and for some people, I'll, I'll see you again, and, you know, we'll rub paths, and we'll rub, rub shoulders, cross paths, <laughs> and uh, we'll hang out sometimes. Some of you, after, I, after I'm not a cornerstone, I won't ever see you again, maybe. Some of you, especially if you're like leaving Boston, I won't ever see you again. But I pray that we're running this race together. And we are pursuing the glory of God, the things of God's heart, not in the middle, but fully, everything for it, running after it. And maybe I won't see you in my next 60 years or so, but we'll get to the end. We'll get to the end. We'll get to, get to the gates of heaven. And we'll look back and say, you know what? That was a good weekend getaway. But we're home. And this is what I've invested into. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, God, would you forgive us for all those things and that we've not followed you. And then we've said so many times, but, but God, that this thing, I, I don't want to surrender. Or, or this thing, but, but first, let me do these things. And in our unwillingness to sacrifice, even at our own detrimental loss, of losing the opportunity to reap into eternity. We've even caused some, some people to stumble along the way. And so, God, would you forgive us? And, Lord, would you take us deeper into the reality of what it means to call you our Father? What it means to say that Jesus has died for me. That we would go deeper into the reality what it means to say, to understand that God says that he loves us. 
that on the cross, God the Father said, take Jesus and, and he will die the death of someone who's wandering. He will die the death of somebody who, 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 who's living in sin. He will die the death of all these unfaithful people because I want you. Help us to know that. Help us to experience it and feel it, know it in our minds and experience it in our hearts and our souls, God. And then, as we live in that truth every day, help us to also carry our cross every day and pursue the name of Jesus, the glory of God, the things of eternity. In Jesus' name, amen.